to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Um, got a co-pilot with me tonight, Bryce, uh, the big gearhead that he is. We told him, Feh, get away. Your NASCAR knowledge is too vast for uh, two um, simpletons like me and Bobby Russell. I'll introduce him now. How's it going? It's going good. I got that Groundhog Day feeling Monday morning again this year with the Super Bowl ending. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to talk too much, or at all really, about that. This is a uh, pseudo like NASCAR 21 preview, and uh, the Daytona 500 is this weekend, and of course is the the Great American Race, NASCAR Super Bowl, if you will. So um, we're going to focus on that, but... um, I just want to do like a little overview talk of um, NASCAR. I wrote three categories here. Uh, you could touch on all of them if you want. We can, you know, get a little back and forth. But the three categories I wrote down here was uh, just NASCAR's momentum. Um, second one, the new schedule. Um, very, I think, you know, if you look at it, like a quarter of NASCAR's 36 races have um, changed. Um, I think we got six road courses, and I know three new racetracks, uh, a couple of those being road courses, but and then a dirt race. Um, some dates have changed, so that's option two. And then we have a couple of celebrities who have stepped up, uh, Michael Jordan and Pitbull, um, and ownership roles to develop some new um, or start new teams. Um, and I kind of threw driver changes in there as well. So, um, Bobby, I'll throw it to you. Just kind of an open-ended, I guess, uh, topic or question here. But what do you think out of those three is uh, the most intriguing and what you want to tar- start with first here? I, I think the most intriguing thing coming into this year, kind of building off of the momentum that NASCAR got last summer, being the first sport to come back, doing it right, sh- showing the other leagues that you, you can run a sport successful. You can start to integrate fans at a certain time and do it safely. Uh, so I think that that really helped NASCAR a lot. We got a lot more eyes on the sport last year, which is great. Brings more sponsors in, brings more viewership in. Um, you know, It's primarily run on like Fox Sports 1 and NBC Sports now. You really don't get it on main TV, NBC, until the playoffs. So I think we're going to start seeing that migration more towards the main networks on Sundays, especially right now with, uh, you know, you have NHL and NBA games being canceled. Um, you don't really have Major League Baseball. Don't really know what they're doing yet. So I think NASCAR is kind of at the forefront of things right now. And then building off of that, the schedule changes that they introduced this year, you know, they got rid of a few classic tracks, a few classic races, but the ones that they brought in with the new road courses at Road America doing the Indy road course with the Cup Series cars, uh, doing uh, Circuit of the Americas. It's it's going to be interesting to watch, and especially that Bristol dirt race, that first one. And, you know, a lot of these guys growing up in the, the South and the Midwest, they, they're, they're dirt car guys. That's how they learned how to drive. So you're going to got guys like Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe who are going to have a little bit of an edge there against guys like Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin who were primarily short track and West Coast guys. So that'll be fun to watch those things and how the, the, the main guys struggle or how they mitigate some circumstances with that dirt. Yeah. Um, we could, uh, well, 
I, I agree. Um, I mean, NASCAR's momentum, um, I don't know. I, it's weird because, like, we kind of discussed in our text conversation last night during the clash. Um, you know, I like the condensed speed week schedule. I mean, there was years mm-hmm. where you would qualify for Daytona 500 pole on Saturday, then run the clash Sunday, and then, you know, pretty much have practice days leading into the twin 125s, and then couple days of practice and then the 500 on Sunday so you know it was basically like a 10-day uh schedule now it's it it all got condensed down uh started last night Tuesday night and and rolls into Sunday I kind of like the condensed schedule but I feel like it kind of stymied a little bit of the momentum um not to me or you I mean they got us we're race fans so um we're gonna know about this starting up anyway but you know there was like I think they got like eight million eight million viewers to watch even the iRacing stuff. Just because of something new and and kind of live competition. Um that meaning Fox and NASCAR together. And you know, they were. They were there. And I know a few people that was just like, Oh, that's kinda cool. Then when the actual racing started to happen, they continued to watch now. Who knows if that keeps them in for the long haul, but I think that definitely gives them a leg up. And you're right. Um, weirdly, you don't really realize or notice the fans uh, when you're watching a race on TV. Um, not You know, back in, like, the Dale Earnhardt and Dale Jr. days, you know, you might hear the crowd roar when they took the lead over the cars, but very seldomly. So, you know, from a, a looks and a feel perspective, um, the cars – you know, for lack of a better term, make the noise. And, and that's all you're really focused on is the racing. So, um, them rolling out fans, of course, is good. It's good. It's crucial. Obviously they have to, but, um, I think, yeah, they're, they're in a good spot for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then the schedule, I wrote down the, uh, the noticeable changes. Of course, you mentioned the Bristol dirt race, March 28th um, takes over the regular Bristol, um, I guess you cut the spring race even now. It gets kind of nasty weather-wise. I, I, I'm a dirt kid. I, I grew up going to dirt tracks, love sprint cars, love late models and stuff like that. So to me, um, I did go to one truck race at Eldora um, one year, uh, Christopher Bell, the year he won it. Um, you know, it, it's kind of gimmicky. To me, just because, you know, I know what dirt racing is. I know what a sprint car and a late model is capable of. And then when you see a big, heavy stock car or truck on the same surface, it's kind of like, eh. But I went into it with that mindset and, and and going to the truck race, honestly, live, it was very entertaining. It kind of had like a demolition derby feel to it, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's not like my bag, really. But I, it, it was fine. But. You're right. It, it is going to throw a monkey wrench in there, um, points wise, uh, playoff bonus points. You know, we'll, we'll have to see how they do the stages. Um, so that's that's interesting. We get two Darlington dates back. I'm a huge Darlington guy. Love that racetrack. Um, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't remember the last time there was two Darlington dates um, on the schedule. So we get that this year. Uh, you mentioned Coda. May 23rd, uh, that's Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. Uh, IndyCar went there last year for the first time. Uh, it's been a uh, Formula One circuit on the calendar since 
you know, it's Inception. Not Formula One's Inception, but the circuit's Inception. And um, I believe MotoGP has went there the last handful of years, too, um, and raced there. So um, that's definitely going to be a new challenge. The All-Star Race, where are you at on that? I mean, it's it's moving to Texas. Uh, I liked it last year at Bristol just because I love Bristol. Um, Texas, I mean, I'm not really a huge fan of that racetrack, but in general, your thoughts on, you know, those moves are Darlington or Coda. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the move of the all-star race to Texas. Like you said, I'm a big fan of Bristol as well. It's probably my favorite track on, um, on, the, on the schedule every year just because, you know, the night race there in the fall and the playoffs and the spring race is always that first one where you're like, all right, this is how racing should be. Um, moving to Texas, like you said, Texas is kind of a blah track. Like, you know, it's the same tri-oval. looks like Atlanta. It's, you know, it just – you run the bottom or you run the top. It's, that's how you win the race there. There's really no strategy. It was always cool seeing it in Charlotte, but it just got so repetitive over the years and so boring. So I, I kind of hope they move it year to year. Um, I don't mind them moving it there to take away the second Texas race. It's kind of boring anyways. Um, but you don't know what's going to happen with it. I'm more excited for Coda there, especially. I, the only thing, I, I wish it was like a crossover weekend with IndyCar or with like F1 like later in the year. I know that they'd be probably right around the playoffs for NASCAR when they come in October. Yeah, yeah, it's October. So that that's kind of a bummer there, um, but I, the, the the road courses I've never been a traditional typical fan of the road courses for NASCAR. I've always preferred that for IndyCar and F1, but after watching uh, Xfinity or Bush Series at Road America last year, I think the four and a half mile track, there's so much strategy that goes into it. I never realized that. I just I live for that now to see how they just take those big they're like bowling balls on those on those tracks so yeah that that's it's it's so much fun more fun to watch now that i understand a little bit more about it so I, i'm just ready for those to come around um i'm kind of bummed kentucky's not on the schedule this year it's kind of a terrible track um you know i've never been there the races aren't very good but it's close it's something you're kind of like kentucky they're on walter to build the state the stadium and the track so I'm kind of bummed that one's not on there. And obviously losing the brickyard to the road course, um, it's kind of a bummer, but NASCAR's never really fit on the oval there. So just, going again, seeing the success that the Bush Series had with it last year, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with the big cars. Yeah, and then the second half of this new uh, schedule changes, I know uh, June 20th, NASCAR will go to uh, Nashville Super Speedway. Um God, it's probably been the mid two thousands uh, since Bush, Nationwide, Xfinity, whatever the hell you want to call it, has been there. Um, I wish they went to the Fairground Speedway there. Uh, the Fairground Speedway is a little quarter mile boring, but uh, you know, I I've heard Dale Junior talk about this before. Um, you know, NASCAR in a normal year, the last I think, you know, two thousand at the end of the two thousand nineteen season, maybe even eighteen. Uh, the banquet now is held, held in Nashville. Um, that's kind of right in NASCAR's footprint. So, obviously, it makes sense for them to have a cup race in in uh, 
in Nashville in that area. So I like that change. You mentioned Road America. Um, just what a fucking race. What, what a racetrack. Um, I love when IndyCar goes there. Um, the Bush races, if you will. Last few times they went there have been, uh, you know, tremendous. Indy, I think, you know, it's the same layout as, as the old F1 circuit, the, the road course around there. Um, that race last year, um, the Xfinity race. See, I'm going to keep changing the names, by the way, just to yeah. get on my own nerves. But that, that race last year, I, you know, was was really good. Um, so that's uh, six road courses, I believe, in total. Uh, the three new tracks being Coda, Road America, and Nashville Super Speedway for Cup. So, um, you know, 36 races. It's like seven, seven races, um, you know, almost a quarter of the schedule completely changed. Um, I do like the Pocono doubleheader just because I, I really don't like Pocono. Um, but if they have to have two dates – uh, just doubling up on the same weekend. That's that's fine with me too. So um, that still stands. Um, and then weirdly, I kind of like the Daytona bookends to uh, to end the regular season. The second Daytona race is the the cutoff race um, to get into the playoffs. I always feel like if you put a short track, a road course, or a super speedway race as that cutoff race, it just amplifies um, the intensity. Um, especially those last handful of drivers trying to get those last few spots to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I actually had that as my my race of the year. Just the amount of success, like that race was so much fun to watch this past year when William Byron won that race to make it into the playoff, finishing just ahead of Jimmy Johnson there before he was wrecked at the end. It, it was so much fun to see them you know, have to replay that strategy in a must-win race or if you're a fringe guy, a must-finish at this spot and you know it was an intense race like you know i'm just sitting in my chair drinking beer watching the race and you don't realize how intense it is until that last four or five laps it it felt like the 500 in the middle of summer which was awesome um so that's actually like my candidate for race of the year again this year just because of how much it means to those guys in that last race and what they got to do if they had been able to punch their ticket to begin with uh you mentioned pocono as well back-to-back races it worked out well last year um that's one of my top five tracks there just just the the triangle track it's different it's something you don't really see um you know it's a nice break from the ovals especially throughout that year so i really like that i like the tracks that they're going to have no practice no qualifying just go right into it. it it makes a lot of sense for the sport it saves money it does not help with you know making your adjustments you know, my driver, Kyle Busch, you know, he was kind of against it last year because, you know, we get better Thursday, Friday, Saturday, going into Sunday. That's how we win our races. So having to adjust your strategy now to put more into analytics and more into the electronics um, to get your car where it needs to be, tuning it, it's, it's almost getting towards like that F1 where you do so much modification and so much stuff at the home office that once you get there, it better be ready to roll out, ready to go. Yeah. I like the, uh, I mean, we saw it a couple of times, uh, even the previous year, but especially last season where, um, well in 2019, a lot of impound rules were put in place where you kind of had to set your car up to qualify or 
set their car up the race. I know a few times, you know, and no, no shade thrown towards Austin Dillon, but you know, I, I remember, I think he said on the pole at like Vegas and he just dropped straight to the back since the race started. And that was kind of the bed they made. Like, you know, we couldn't really work and change around some of our setup things. We, we set this car up to, to be real slippery and, and set a, a fast qualifying time and set on the pole. But, you know, I, I, I do like kind of that pre-race strategy element of it. Um, like you mentioned, you know, you got to kind of do your homework, um, you know, before you even load the car up. I mean, they always have, but, you know, there's really no wiggle room, especially, you know, I think, you know, qualifying's getting ready to start here in a few minutes for the 500, and they had just one hour of practice session the day right. before qualifying. So it's kind of like, uh, if you weren't good, kind of out of the box, um, you're kind of up, up the creek without a paddle type situation. But I like that. So, um, and, um, well, I guess I guess we can move on. I don't know if you have anything to add there. No, I'm, I'm good on everything there. All right, let's 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 get to some of these driver changes and, and new teams. Uh, I think the biggest splash is twenty three eleven racing. Uh, they got a Gibbs Alliance, uh, of course, being a Toyota team. Uh, Bubba Wallace jumps into that car. Um, I guess. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit before, but just to have Michael Jordan into the sport is is huge. Uh, huge our huge opportunity for Bubba is. Uh, is my take on it. Other than that, I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. Just uh, your thoughts, your thoughts on that move. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. You know, you've always heard the stories of Jordan when he was growing up in North Carolina, him and his dad would go to Darlington. That was the race they went to being in South Carolina. They're just across the border. And he's always been a big supporter of NASCAR. Uh, you've had Brad Doherty, Randy Moss, different guys from different sports and in and out of the sport. Doherty's still in it with JTG. But you've never had someone with such a backing and such a following, a worldwide following, getting into this. You know, and partnering with Toyota, with Joe Gibbs, Danny Hamlin as a co-owner, I think it's going to be a very successful team, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them grow to, you know, maybe a, another car, with a, buy another charter here to – two or three years. Kind of a bummer to not see Bubba in the root insurance car there last night in the clash. Um, I, with Ty Dillon, he's, he's, a, he's an average racer. Uh, I think he did about what everyone expected him to do in that race. But to see someone with Bubba's talent in a car made for Bubba, it, it would have been nice to see him get that little bit of practice in the clash that even though he was not eligible for the race. Um, I'm, I, I'm very hopeful for him. I, I have Bubba penciled in for – a win or two wins this year. Honestly, I think the parts that they'll get from Gibbs, especially having a better alliance than like Levine family racing or Jermaine racing that have had that technical Toyota alliance, but don't get that same with Bubba and them. He's in the Joe Gibbs facility every day. He's in those driver's meetings with them. So I think he's going to have a lot more success driving with them than other Toyota drivers have in the past. Yeah, I think the way to gauge that, I, I'm not going to go make a prediction on a win and all. That's pretty bold to get out there. I think you got to look at it somewhere like, do they trend towards what Furniture Row was and, and start building? I mean, because, you know, we saw Regan Smith win the Southern 500 in that in that 78 uh, Furniture Row racing team car when it was still a thing. 
And then we've seen Truex, you know, win a championship in that mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, can they find uh, the pace and the speed there? Or, I guess, you know, them buying out the, the Love of Iron family racing charter, the 95 that Chris Bell was in last year. Um, not saying that's the basement for this team. I, I think it can be much lower, too. But somewhere in there, I think, is kind of, you know, their target um, out of the box anyway. So, but, you know, Bubba, he's, you know, he's – pretty good on the super speedway stuff uh in the petty and the petty uh equipment uh the last few years um bristol it's pretty good pretty good at martinsville selling the short track stuff you know but the bulk of the schedule you know road courses now and and the intermediate stuff we'll have to see where they're at there but of course you know if you're jumping into the sport um there's three teams you need to align yourself with that's hendrick on the chevy side that's penske on the ford side and then course gives on the Toyota side so obviously that's uh that's a, a nice starting point um track house race team Daniel Suarez he jumps in the 99 it's a Chevrolet this is the team that Pitbull has uh I mean it's cool I, I mean I'm not a huge I don't hate Pitbull I'm just not my my bag really but uh cool to get in there celebrity star owner in the sport um I don't know if you have any thoughts there um, not to get too crazy in depth there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Suarez. He's, he's a good race car driver, great personality. He's good for the sport. He's good to grow the sport internationally. Um, you know, he was with Gibbs there for a while. He did pretty good with him in the Bush series. Um, I think he's just one of those guys, you know, buying his time, you know, eventually guys got to retire. You see it with Jimmy Johnson retiring this past year. Kevin Harvick's going to retire soon. You know, these guys, you know, they're getting in their 40s. Denny, he's 40. Kyle Busch is getting old. Kurt Busch, you know. Harvick. Yeah, there's there's going to be some open seats. And I feel like, you know, him going from to a Chevy now, there's going to be some open seats in Chevy's suit. So I'd keep an eye out for him if he has a good solid year. If he runs middle of the pack, hovers right around that 17 to 21 in the points with that car, with that backing. I think he'll be a contender for, you know, one of the bigger seats here in the next few years. I'm just going to go through some of these uh, new drivers and, and the big teams. Chase Briscoe jumps into the 14 for Stuart Haas as Clint Boyer retires to the booth, which I'm a fan of that move, uh, Clint in the booth. Um, Richard Petty, uh, Bubba, of course, takes the new ride with uh, 23-11 racing. Eric Jones, um, kind of a demotion, but then again, you know, that's that's kind of a prove-it team nowadays. Uh, so we'll see what he does there. Speaking of Gibbs, Christopher Bell, the uh, young hot shoe, uh, former sprinter, he uh, gets the 20 ride for Gibbs. Uh, Bowman takes over the 48 uh, for Jimmy Johnson. And Kyle Larson takes over the 5 now in the uh, Hendrick Motorsports team. And then the last one, I guess I know, uh, the 42 that was Larson slash Matt Kenseth's Ross Chastain gets um, his opportunity to be a full-time Cup Series driver. Um, I mean, I guess you could take this any way you want, but, uh, you know, out of those out of those uh, driver switches, you know, give me a name or two. Um, you know, that could, that could be a, a serious contender, of course. You know, probably not Jones. Or, um, yeah, probably not Jones. 
and the petty stuff and you know no offense to Ganassi but Chastain but out of Larson Bell Briscoe as a rookie those three are the are they playoff drivers I mean what what do you think here I, I first of all I, I feel bad for Eric Jones you know he two-time race winner with Joe Gibbs won the Southern 500 won the Daytona summer race a couple years back a guy I really enjoyed watching race guy I really liked off the track and I sit here looking at this hat in front of me the Joe Gibbs racing Stanley tools Eric Jones hat you know he's, he's a guy that I was like you know Kyle's gonna be gone in a few years I'm gonna pick a new driver he was right there happy to see him fall laying on his feet with Richard Petty I don't think there's a better place he could have went this year um, so I hope he does great there Briscoe he's a rookie he might get lucky a couple top fives might luck himself into a, a win kind of like Custer did last year. Um, yep. But I don't expect him to make the playoffs unless he gets that one lucky win. Um, then the other three, I think two out of those three make the playoffs. Uh, Larson, he's a proven driver. He won many races with Chip Ganassi, Ganassi Earnhardt backing. Going into Hendrick, you know, he's getting that famed number five car. He know what he, you know what they bring to the track every week. He's got a great crew chief great pit crew great backing you know i think they're gonna really try to ease him into things this year you know getting the sponsorships back um getting that sort of racing back under his belt you know he hasn't been in a stock car since what last march so yeah so i I think he'll he'll struggle early but by the summer he'll be in a group i think he'll be all right and then christopher bell um, you know, he moves into the 20 car, you know, it's, that's one of the marquee Joe Gibbs cars right there, the 20, you know, you go with Eric Jones has been in it, Matt Kenseth has been in it, uh, obviously Tony Stewart is the one who made it famous, so what's he going to do, you know, he had some great runs there late in the year in the 95, uh, you know, he did, he did win, or was second in the Bush series a couple years, um, so I, I think he's going to get a couple wins, you know, I, I think he's kind of the favorite right now for that Bristol dirt race just because of his dirt racing background. Um, so I'm kind of, th- those are my two guys out of those three that I think are going to make the most noise and have the best season. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a Larson fan. I mean, it was kind of what he did, obviously, uh, you know, you or I uh, don't condone it. I think he's really grown from there. Um, I get there's probably some naysayers out there, you know, what he he gets to kind of you know fall ass backwards into an upgrade, uh, but you know in all intents and purposes, I I don't want to be the guy that's like you know talent overall, uh, but you know that's kind of the way you know a lot of work, uh, sports, politics, music. That's kind of you know the bottom line. Can you get the job done? So I'm excited for him. Uh, to get a second chance. I think we all like second chances. Um, he won 43 dirt races last year in his like racing cup hiatus. Um, you know, that, that, that all stems or those, that all range from um, a dirt late model in a second ever dirt late model race, uh, numerous wing sprint car wins, uh, midget wins in a midget sprint car, and even hopped into the big old bulky uh, silver crown cars and, and won the two races they had last year. So, um, I, I, you know, that moment, and I, there's just something about confidence. Um, I think, you know, they were at different points in their career, but 
I think the the thing that kind of made Tony Stewart, you know, that second wave of his career with Stewart Haas was um, he didn't have anybody to really answer to. Um, I know Joe Gibbs really kind of put a limit on his dirt racing at the time. You know, obviously there's a risk he could he could injure himself. Um, it's an unnecessary risk in some people's eyes, but I honestly, I honestly think him going out, getting away, having fun in the, uh, on the dirt and dirt cars made him a better driver. And I think you know Larson. Uh, we'll seize this opportunity. I'm, I think Briscoe, though, uh, I agree with you. He he can be kind of that Custer, like, surprise win off a restart late in a race or maybe a rain short win or something like that. Um, I, th- I think, you know, he'll be competitive at multiple times in the season. You know, um, I think it was the first Xfinity race back last year. Him outdueling Kyle Busch in that Xfinity race, yeah. uh, that's that sold me. I'm like, okay, this kid – He's got the good, so um, – and I don't really know what to make about Bowman. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not a switch. It's just a number switch, you know, him going to the 48, but I, I feel like he needs to be mentioned. Uh, he's on the list I made. So, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, holy shit, this guy, uh, he could be a cup champion one day. Then other times he's, he's very forgettable. So, uh, obviously great shit under him. So we'll see. Um, any anything overview wise that I I missed, you missed, whatever. Just kind of a little clean up, and if not, we'll get to uh, day ten to five hundred preview and our predictions. Yeah, I, I agree with you right there on Bowman. You know, he's a guy. He's proven this last year. You know, he won. Uh, I think he won what was it, Phoenix early last year before the pandemic hit. Uh, late in the year, he was right there in that Martinsville race. He was right there with Chase Elliott to make it to that final four. Um, you know, a few bad breaks here or there. You know, obviously he's, like you said, it's, it's a number switch from 88 to 48. It's a sponsor switch. Um, you still got the same crew, but I think they're going to be pushing him a little more. Obviously his teammate wins last year, wins the championship. Um, his other teammate wins a race. He won a couple races. So I think it's going to be interesting to see Bowman this year and, um, when we get to the uh, predictions part, um, he might sneak in there. I don't know yet. All right. So Sunday, 2.30 Eastern time, Valentine's Day, uh, the World Racing Center, Daytona International Speedway, the Daytona 500, the 63rd, 4th, something like that. Um, of course, 200 laps, 500 miles around the triangle, two and a half mile, uh, you know, just behemoth. That is Daytona. Um, I don't. I don't know where you're at, but I always find, of course, Daytona the 500 is the biggest race of the year. Last few years, from a strategy standpoint, it has been fascinating. I mean, we've seen a fuel mileage race in the last five years. We've seen teammates uh, really stick together and and kind of get to the end. Um, it seems like the days of, of, of falling back and riding around the back. Um, are done in a way it seems like that strategy never works out, but I mean, there's always that chance it could um, just, and we haven't really seen these guys uh, in race conditions yet. I don't know how much we'll get from the duels tomorrow night, considering that's, you know, nighttime and we're going to have uh, completely different track conditions as the race starts early on Sunday. So, you know, it could be hot and sticky. I think that's what the weather uh, is looking like. No rain. Thank God. So, but from your point of view, just, I don't know. Do we, do we get these guys just racing for the lead right off the rip 
um, kind of like we did last year? Do you think, you know, first 100 laps, first half of the race, we get a boring race? Just just the overall, like, feel. How do you think uh, it'll go starting out? Yeah, I, like you said, the, the multiple strategies and different types of races we had the last few years have made it interesting. And obviously the guy that's won, you know, three out of the last four, um, you know, he's had a different strategy every single time. Uh, you know, I, I think we'll get kind of a more boring race this year. Like you said, you know, the Bush clash obviously was on the road course last night. So there's nothing to take from that for this race. You know, that's for a couple next week. They're qualifying tonight in the dark. You know, it's just starting now. So track conditions are obviously going to be optimal down there. The duels, same thing. They're racing at night. And then the race is at 2.30 in the afternoon in the heat of the day. So I think it's going to basically be like every other race this year where you got to set your car up right for the race and hope that's what it is and make your adjustments along through the race if you can here and there, whatever you can do. Because obviously what they're doing tonight is not on a trailer this Sunday. And then once the race time rolls around, I think it's going to be a fast start. I think everyone, you know, there's two laps you want to lead. You want to lead the first lap and the last lap. And I think everyone's going to try to get out there and get that first lap. Obviously, by, you know, lap 50, 75, 100, it's just going to be save your tires, try to conserve some fuel, stay out of the way, don't get wrecked, don't get into the middle lane, let the wind start taking your car wherever it wants to go. You know, about lap 150, I think we're going to start seeing the movement, and then, you know, you're going to get classic Daytona that last 50 laps. So that, that's kind of my prediction for how the pace is going to go there itself. Yeah, I I, I disagree. I, I just think, you know, Listening to Dale Jr., who was also uh, a great plate racer, and then the success Denny's had, I think these guys are are starting to realize like you need to go up there and try to lead every fucking lap you can. Um, you know, the chances to get caught up in the big one, I feel like are you know just as good in the front as they are in the back. I get I get why guys go to the back. You know, save your equipment a little bit, um, and you can kind of see the wrecks happening, but you know, usually you either you dig yourself too big of a hole and you decide to go too late. So I think these guys are um they're gonna go after it and you know, I I think you know, it, it always turns into a rack fest, that's super speedway racing, so um that's that's kind of the game we're playing, but I think it'll be very similar to last year where, you know, guys are kinda complaining about their handling a little bit, not real comfortable, pretty much the same rules package. Uh, this is the last few years. This is the last uh, year for the Gen Six car, too. By the way, so um, you know, I, I think I think we get a a really good one. I'm excited for it. So I'm gonna run through some mods. I'll I'll start in the rear. Um, you uh, just you know, I'll give you I'll give you a little pause, I guess, or or what will or what have you to, I don't know if you think a guy that's worth throwing a little money on to win the race or, or put him in a uh, you know, in a in a DraftKings FanDuel type daily fantasy lineup, just stop me and and give a few um, reasons why. But I cut my list off with the plus eight thousands. That's Corey LaJoy, Ryan Priest, Michael McDowell's at plus six hundred and or uh, not six hundred plus sixty six hundred. Uh, Jamie McMurray on a one off. He's a plus five thousand. So is Eric Jones. Chris Buescher, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, 
Ryan Newman, Chase Briscoe, all in the plus 4,000 range. Matt D. Benedetto is plus 3,000. Ross Chastain plus 2,800. Bubba Wallace plus 2,500. Along with Austin Dillon, uh, Christopher Bell, also in that plus 2,500 range. Um, and then Stenhouse Jr. is plus 2,000. I, I would put those guys in the dark horse category. Um, I don't I don't know about you. How how say you? Yeah, I agree. Dark. A couple of those guys are in my dark horse category there. And just the value for some of those guys down there. Um, Bubba, 2,500. I, I like that. You know, seeing what he can do. Obviously, his best finish ever is second here at Daytona. So, you know he can race here well. Uh, one of the kind of fringe ones is Ryan Newman. Guy who was running first, second in the last lap last year. He's won the 500 before. He knows how to race here. And he always has a decent car with, with Roush here. Um, so I got I agree. plus 4,000 there. He might not win the race, but, you know, your daily racing fantasy there, that might be a good pick. And then Stenhouse, you know, he's a traditional super speedway racer as well. That that, that was my next guy too. Yeah, yep. does great at Talladega, does great here. So those three guys with just the value on those picks – because they're going to be hanging around that middle of the pack the whole race probably, and then they're going to be right there. So you, you might get lucky and hit one of those. If you're the daily pick five, you know, those are great guys to have too. Yeah, I I think um, Stenhouse, he's just, he just got balls, mm-hmm. man. And he's probably the guy that's going to cause the big one, but he, he's going to go for it, and, and that's what you like to see. Um, I – I think Custer at plus four thousand might be something to take a look at too. Um, you know, Stuart Haas equipment. Uh he's got a little experience in cup now under his belt and you know, who knows, late in the race, um it might be him and Harvick and, and Keselowski or Logano, you know, some of the Ford guys um working together. I think that's really the thing that you know, I guess it's kinda kind of grinds my gears a little bit kind of as a Chevy guy as it seems like the Fords and the Toyotas, they, they seem to, to want to work together. And then the Chevrolets, I kind of, nah, I guess they try to figure it out. The end, like you could tell Toyota Gibbs, they got a plan. You know, we, we've seen it. We've seen them prayed before when, you know, Kansas, Hamlin, Bush, those guys, you know, working together. And then we've seen the Fords kind of, do a little co-alliance and work together too. Um, so I'd like to see Chevy do that, but that's that's kind of the reason I like Custer. I think it's a good driver, very underrated as well. Um, all right, we'll, we'll get to kind of the mid, mid-tier guys here. Um, these guys, I think, just about everybody on the list I'm about to read on up, um, you know, maybe the exception of one or two guys have a chance to win this. I'll start Martin Truex Jr., and Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, Eric Almirall, all plus 1,800. William Byron, Kyle Busch at plus 1,400, both of those guys respectively. Kevin Harvick at plus 1,300. Joey Logano, or Slowy Logano, at plus 1,100. Him and Brad and Blaney, the Penske trio, they're all plus 1,100. And, um, well, I kind of blew past my stop sign here, but uh, I guess I would cut it off at kind of Kyle and Byron at plus 1,400, kind of that mid-tier. I'll read the rest of the list. There's only two more names. Chase Elliott, um, the co-favorite at plus 900, and Denny Hamlin, of course, your two-time defending 
they've been a 500 champion. He is the odds-on favorite at plus 700, rightfully so. Um, that mid-tier from Kyle Busch back to Truex Jr., you know, pull pull a couple names out there. Of course, those are seems like all those guys will be smart fantasy plays and and obviously um, good value uh, from a gambling aspect. Yeah, you, you said it right there. You know, that mid tier I think has probably top the bottom the best drivers um, with the equipment they have. Um, the three names I like out of there, obviously, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch no matter what. Uh, that's my guy. Been my guy since 2007. Uh, plus 1400 he has yet to win the 500 and you know his career is kind of on the back nine right now so I feel like he's going to be really pushing to get get that 500 win just to you know really solidify his hall of fame career that he's had um, obviously with all the wins and all three series um, William Byron won here last summer uh, to make the playoffs and he's coming in with the new paint scheme um, he's Got a new crew chief that he won the truck series championship with at Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, so I think he's going to really enjoy that partnership again. And then um, the, the the comeback guy, Kyle Larson, you know, how is he going to react from that being in the car for so long? Obviously, he's going into top-notch top equipment. But how is he going to react to, you know, being back on the stage, being back in the spotlight, being the guy behind the wheel? Um, I, th- I think he'll respond well. Um, so there's there's the kind of three in the middle pack there that I really like. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously he's my guy, but um, Larson to me, he he's put himself in position uh, to win this race in the past. Uh, I remember he kind of put like a kind of like a close slide job to steal a dirt reference on uh, Kurt Busch um, the year Kurt won it. And, and the Stuart Haas Monster Energy uh, Chevrolet or Ford at the time. Um, um, and I don't know, there's a late race caution or something like that. I think he ended up rallying the finish uh, in the top 10 that year, but he won an Xfinity race um, at Daytona too. So, he, you know, he has winning experience. I tell you, this Eric Almirola, I know a lot of people think he's boring as wallpaper. I wouldn't disagree with that. But again, He's in a Stuart Haas Ford. The Fords seem to work together. Um, hell, he was two corners in the tribe away away from winning the Daytona 500 uh, three years ago when Austin Dillon put him in the fence, which, hey, it's fucking Daytona 500. I probably would have done the same thing, but um, I like him a lot. And then I'm with you on Byron as well. You know, I think um, he sat on the pole two years ago, uh, his first year or second year. Um at Daytona in the Cup Series, won the 400 last year. Um, Hendrick cars, you know, they're always kind of the outlier. Uh, with Chevrolet kind of, um, you know, miles ahead, I guess you would say, of Childress and stuff. But, you know, it doesn't seem like Chevy as a whole running good or bad doesn't really seem to affect Hendrick Motorsports. So, uh, I like him. Now, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll pick our winner here, but, um, I, I'm looking at a guy who got second last year. This is my prediction, by the way. Then I'll let you have the last say on the Daytona 500 prediction. I'm looking at Blaney at plus 1,100. He got second last year. Uh, he ran up front in this race in the Wood Brothers 21 uh, a few years back. 
Um, I, you know, I think he's turned himself into just an overall great race car driver, but especially on the plate tracks. Um, and, and I think, you know, he could put himself in position to win this thing. And, um, he's kind of the guy that I eyed even before I looked at the odds. So, uh, I, I think Ryan Blaney lifts the Harley J Earl trophy. Um, Bobby, your prediction. Yeah, for, for me, it's coming down to two guys. Um, the first guy is the one you just mentioned, Ryan Blaney. Uh, shout out Ohio. Oh. Shout out Ohio race drivers. Um, yep. He, he was in position to win the Bush Clash last night. He won uh, Talladega a couple years in a row now. Mm-hmm. You know, albeit, you know, it's by milliseconds, but a win's a win, and you put yourself in that position to win. And he's great. He's performed so well. He had a little bit of a down period last year, but he finished the season strong, and I feel like that's carrying over right now. So he, he's the one guy. And the other guy you can never count out at this race is Denny. You know, comes it off. Absolutely not. Yeah. He's, he's won three of them. He knows how to race them in three different ways. You know, he was on the losing end last year in that final four. He had the car. He just ran into some bad luck last year, got caught up in traffic. He's a guy that's – he's on a mission right now, and that's to win a championship. You know, like I said, him and the other guys at Gibbs, they're kind of – like I said, they're on the back nine of their careers. He's had a great career. He's missing one thing. And I feel like if he comes out and wins a fourth one, I think that's going to set a tone for him this year for his team. And I feel like he's going to carry that momentum in there. But – with that being said, I got to go with Blaney as well, man. Uh, he just looks so strong. Wow. His, that, the Ford Mustang has gotten so much better in recent years. Obviously, the Fords last year won damn near 50% of the races last year. And the Penske, they always get right up front, all three of them, albeit the other two I don't really care for. They're always right there no, me neither. pushing each other. They're it never fails. So I feel like he's going to be on the winning end of that this year. And it's going to be a really good year for Blaney. I'll say this too, real quick. If honestly, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a Brad fan either, but as long as Joey doesn't win, I, I think I'll be mostly satisfied. Long as long as the racing product's pretty decent. Uh, side note though, if Denny does get to number four, of course, that will tie him second all time with the great Kelly Arborough. Of course, Richard Petty seven. I mean, it's just you know, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, I get it; it was a different time, but Jesus, you you go through, you take a stroll down the NASCAR record books. Uh, that that guy, man, um, just unbelievable. All right, so let's let's do our twenty twenty one predictions and get out of here. Um, biggest surprise. I mean, I, it's kind of an open-ended question, but I guess to kind of zoom in on it, it, it could be, you know, a good surprise, a team, an individual. It could be, you know, somebody completely shit in the bed. Um, you could start this one out. What, what do you? What's what's your biggest surprise uh, the 2021 NASCAR season? My biggest surprise for this year, is, this might shock a few people that listen, is a guy to make it to – the uh, the final eight uh, guy, you know, he's won before in the Bush series. He had some great showings last year, won a couple stages, led a few laps, uh, almost won Texas last year. That's Tyler Reddick. Uh, 
He's got a winning pedigree. Oh. I, I think he's going to get the NASCAR win this year, the Cup Series win. I think he might even get one or two. And, you know, I think once the playoffs roll around, there's some tracks in there that fit his style of driving pretty well. And I think he's going to have a pretty good year and really take RCR to the next level again. That is bold. Um, I, mine, I, Mine's kind of boring, I guess, but that's it, kind of what I came up with. I don't think Kevin Harvick gets to the champion. I know he didn't last year, but, you know, if you look at the odds, Kevin Harvick's clearly up there, uh, you know, as a co-favorite to win the championship. I, you know, I think the little changes they make to the schedule. Now, he probably should have got there last year, but I I don't think Kevin Harvick – gets the championship four would be my biggest surprise um, in, in 2021. All right, let's go to best race. You alluded to yours earlier. Um, I would love to see – I would love to be completely wrong with the Bristol Dirt Race. I just don't think it's going to be that good. Uh, it's just hard – it's hard to, to imagine big, heavy stock cars on a racetrack, and, and they're going to have to keep it uh, dry – that's not really great conduce or doesn't produce uh great racing uh as it is, especially with the big heavy stock car. I, but I'd love to be wrong about that. Mine's Road America. I think Road America is gonna be awesome. Um you know, there could be a surprise winner there. Um, you know, just a, a great racing course. Um very hilly, undulating, uh has fast sections, um just cool layout and and hell you never know you know they might bring out the the rain tires and we we get to see a, a wet weather race but uh i think road america uh, very excited for those guys to get up to elk car lake yeah i i agree with that road america i am I'm, I'm hopeful as well for that bristol dirt race i just think part of me thinks that there's going to be a bunch of these guys you know your harvick bush your hamlin are really like it's one race. If I don't win it, oh, well, there's 35 other races. I feel like we're going to get a lot of those attitudes, but I also feel like some of these younger guys, Briscoe, Bell, they're going to be like, hell yeah, this is what I'm used to racing, albeit with a stock car. Let's go out, win a race, punch our ticket to the playoffs. So that's kind of the two things you're going to see there. And then, like I said, my, my race of the year is going to be the Daytona summer race to get into the playoffs. Win or go home, everybody's fighting for that 16th spot. You got to win. You got to put it all on the line. It makes for great racing. It makes for some intense moments. It makes for some incredible wrecks, albeit hopefully safe. Um, but yeah, that just, I, I think that really helped NASCAR get back into NASCAR of, of old, like we grew up watching, was having that Daytona race be for most of the marbles to make or break your season. Yeah, that's probably a really good pick. All right, uh, before we get to our championship four and our cup championship picks, the uh, NASCAR Cup odds, uh, the dark horse list, uh, rather lengthy, but um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Chris Buescher are both at plus 25,000. Ryan Newman, Eric Jones at plus 15,000. Ross Chastain at plus 10,000. Bubba, Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, Cole Custer, Chase Briscoe all at plus um, 
or they're 60, 66 to one plus 6,600. Matt D. Benedetto plus 5,000. Um, pick a name out of that, that, that hat to most, I, let's say most likely to, to advance into at least around the 12, I guess. I'm going to go with a guy who had a lot of success last year, kind of fought for his ride was Matt De Benedetto. He so close. He's one of those guys you root for no matter what team he's on. He's a guy you want to see him get that first win. And he's helped Wood Brothers get back to being a competitive race team. I know they've had some success here in the last few years. Trevor Bain went in the 500 in 2011. Blaney went in a couple races being up there. But he's, it's also been kind of like that feeder program to Penske, and obviously that's going to be true again this year because they're going to have Cindric racing. Um, I think the road course race is for the Wood Brothers this year. But the Benedetto, I think he finally gets over the hurdle of getting that first win in the NASCAR Cup Series. And then, you know, once he gets into the playoffs, you know, the first couple of rounds, you know, he's a great racer at Darlington, and that's the round one race. I, you could see him win that race and punch his ticket to the 12 right away. Yeah, mine's mine's Austin Dillon. I'm I'm not a huge fan of uh, Austin Dillon. I'm not a hater either. I I just think you know that that kid, he's won some big ass mm-hmm. races. He he's won the six hundred. He's won the five hundred. Um, you know, it just seems like they're they're good enough to point their way in. But it always seems like he'll sneak around and 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 win a race. And you know, maybe off merit, off pace, uh, they can make a run, um, into the 12, uh, the round of 12. Um, all right, let's go to the mid pack. I'm going to cut this off. Okay. So the mid pack, Byron, Christopher Bell, Eric Almirola, all plus 4,000, Kurt Busch at plus 3,000, Alex Bowman at plus, uh, 2,500. I feel like those guys, what those five guys are, um, almost, Virtual playoff locks, I guess you would say, but uh, kind of a nice payout if you were to bet them and they won the championship. Um, I guess they're where, you know, I guess we'll, we'll put it at eight. Um, the, the round eight out of those names, one or two, what, what do you say? Uh, yeah, I, I got one name in there. A guy, if you're going to put a future on right now to make it to the eight, to make it to the final four to win the championship uh, plus 2,500 Alex Bowman. You know, I feel like he's carrying that momentum yeah. over. We spoke about him earlier in, in the podcast, so I won't go too much into it, but I think he's right on the cusp of becoming a top five driver here in the next few years. Um, I agree with that. I'll, I'll just to be different. I'll, I'll say bell uh, getting that 20 ride. Um, the Gibbs, the Gibbs Alliance or the, or the Gibbs team that, you know, uh, you look at the three guys that he has uh, around him to learn from. Um, you know, Denny's a championship caliber driver, whether he has one or doesn't. And, of course, you know, Truex and, and Kyle Busch, a multiple-time champion Kyle Busch, and, and Truex has one. You know, I think he has a lot to learn from those guys. Um, he's he's just crazy talented as it is. And I think, you know, he could put himself in a position to, to be in that final uh, eight and maybe knocking on the door of the playoff four um, or the final four. I got it. Okay, so Blaney at plus 1,200, Larson at plus 900, Truex Jr. at plus 750, Slogano, Brad K, Kyle Bush all plus 
700, Hamlin at plus 650, Harvick and Chase Elliott, your defending Cup Series champion. I feel like we haven't mentioned his name at all in this podcast, but uh, both Harvick and Chase Elliott, your co-favorites, uh, both setting at plus 550, uh, respectively, um, at the moment. So I now now I'll just ask. I'll, I'll have you start with your playoff four. You don't have to give your champion yet if you don't want to. Uh, who's making it to the championship four? I mean, it doesn't have to be those guys, obviously. Right. Just I, you know, I've, I've been going back and forth with who I, who I think is going to make it. And I, I like your prediction earlier that Harvick won't make it. Harv, the first time I wrote it down, I was like, Harvick. And then I was like, he had kind of an outlier year last year. He won nine races. Um, is he going to continue that success? I just don't think so. So I crossed his name off. Um, so my final four I've got, um, I'll start with uh, the guys that are a little bit higher odds. A uh, guy I just mentioned, Alex Bowman. I got him making the final four. Uh, Ryan, nice. Ryan Blaney, the guy we're picking to win the 500. Uh, I think he finally gets that Penske machine where it needs to be this year. I think he's got a great crew chief, a great crew all around. So I got him there. Uh, obviously, my guy, Kyle Busch, I feel like they learned a lot from last year. They learned how to set the car up. Obviously, he's got a new crew chief with Ben Bishore. Um, you know, they had success right off the bat last night. They kind of hung around, hung around, waiting for someone to make a stake, and they were right there. So I think we're going to see a different kind of racing out of Kyle this year to begin with, but you're also always going to have that killer mentality that he has. And in my last spot, um, I don't have the defending champion in. Um, wow. I, he's he's a great driver. I really like him a lot. He's one of my favorites right now. But the guy I gotta go. I gotta go with Denny again. Like I said, you know he's gonna be right up there for this 500 win. I, like I said, I think it's gonna set a tone for the season. So I got two two Gibbs cars in this year with uh, Hamlin and KFB. Okay. Well, I. Okay, I similar to you, I have. Let's see here. Where's okay? There's my list. My bad. I got two Hendrick cars making the final four. I believe my boy Larson. I I think he has the talent, the ride now. No um, excuses. Uh, I think he gets the championship four, and I think Chase gets to the championship four. I think, you know, just winning that championship early in his career. I think he kind of ascends. Also, he's fucking so money on the road courses and the schedules littered with them. You know, I think there's a, a big opportunity for him not only to, to get a bunch of wins in the, those road course races, but um, to get those playoff bonus points and those stage points that are pretty crucial. I mean, that doesn't necessarily take you to the championship. Of course, we saw, you know, Hamlin and Harvick sweated out and Harvick not make it to the championship for last year. And they kind of had a bankroll of uh, playoff bonus points. So got two Chevrolets there and I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm leaving, I'm leaving Ford out of the final Ooh. four here. Yeah. I think Denny, you're right. I, I think he's got kind of that killer mentality. Um, and I think, you know, they've been so close uh, the last, you know, two out of the last three years, they've been so close that I think, you know, they're going to have that mindset every every weekend, like, this is going towards a championship. We're going to make it. We're going to get to that final four race, and we're going to get the job done. I like them. And I can't go against your boy, Kyle Busch. I think, you know, last year, kind of a weird year. 
it threw everything off uh, to kind of change it over to um, – I mean, we saw it a little bit. We saw the New England Patriots fall off in a COVID year. Uh, we saw some big-time college football brands uh, fall off. My team is in that mix uh, in a weird COVID year. Uh, you're seeing it a little bit in the NBA where some of the, the, the teams that were favored to to do things in, in a weird COVID year, uh, they're not doing things. College basketball, is, it's, it's like a wreck with uh, so many blue bloods not even ranked right. now. Um so, you know, I think this will feel a little bit more normal to these guys, um, you know, and all things being equal, I know sometimes, most of the time it's not NASCAR, but if they're all the same car, all 40 drivers in the same car, I still think that, that guy behind the the wheel, the 18 machine, uh, Panther Fam, is uh, the best wheel man in a stock car. So I got them. I'll get my champion out and um, then I'll allow you to have the last word on the predictions. But I think, I think he goes for three. I think Kyle Busch wins the championship. Um, you know, it's weird to say that, but it's kind of a, a bounce back year for him. He, he's kind of been so consistent over the years. that It's weird that he had a year like last year. And I don't see him having two straight years like that. So uh, give me give me Kyle Bush. I think he gets championship number three. Yeah, um, I can't say that I don't disagree with you there. Um, you know, the championship race is in Phoenix, and Kyle's had so much success. He's won quite a few races there in all three series. Um, you know, I, I feel like being such a homer, but you know, last year it was a fluke year, I believe. Uh, you know, he did get the one win in Texas there at the end of the year. I think they finally figured out how to set a car up without practice, without qualifying, without happy hour. I I, I think that it's going to be a great year for them. They got a new approach, a new mindset. Um, I think he's much more relaxed at this point of his career right now. You know, he's won two championships. He doesn't have anything else, uh, anything else left to prove. You know, a 500 win would be nice, but I'd like – you know, three, four wins, get into the playoffs, and then go win one, one, one with Tony Stewart and win the championship like he did. Um, I got to go with Kyle Busch as well. That's weird how that works out, but I mean, that's um, that's that's just where I think it's going to happen and where you think it's going to happen. That's uh, plus seven hundred, so not uh, not crazy astronomical pay out there, but it's still pretty good. And that's the thing. I want to preach a little bit real quick. The thing about NASCAR is you can get plus money just about on every wager you make. Now, it's a fucking crapshoot if you've ever watched any kind of motor racing. Um, you know, it, it is a mechanical sport. Ship brakes, um, flat tires, run out of fuel, pit stop penalties, all these factors in that I don't think the layperson really um, – notices or acknowledges but there is money to be made uh, if you're sharp so um i mean i think not to try to get bryce or somebody like bryce in the crippling debt <laughs> but for somebody just trying to get into it um to to raise the stakes you know get get on your online book since we're in a terrible state of ohio that hasn't oh, legalized uh you know sports gambling yet but but get on your offshore books and 
and there's all kind of fun bets, especially um, I haven't seen them come out yet. They usually wait until the weekend to put this out, but you can bet a driver to finish ahead of another driver. Hell, your guy can get 38th. If you bet him to finish ahead of the other guy that finished 39th, guess what? You're cashing a ticket. Doesn't matter. Or, like golf, you could place top, top 10 bets, top 15 bets, top 5 bets. So, um, you know, there's a there's those kind of uh, wagers out there to be had. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to add one more thing to that. If you do it, do it, respons- do it yeah. responsibly. Um, just like you said, don't want to get someone in too deep. Um, so there's always the, the 1-800-GAMBLER out there just in case. So <laughs> make, make sure you do it responsibly. But have fun doing it. I mean, it, it makes the race so much more fun to watch. Even something as simple as the finish line app with NASCAR where you – you pick out of a group of five who's going to finish the highest, who's going to win the race, who's going to finish yeah. second. You get so into it even more doing that. Your guy could be third, and you're like, just make one more pass. And, you know, you might win you know, 25 cents here or there, but it, it's just so much fun. It gets you so much more into the race. It gets a whole new set of people into it, a whole new set of degenerates, which the sport is built upon degenerates, and we welcome them all. Yeah, the, the sport was built on moonshiners back in the day, souping up their cars and they're like, hey, let's make a little more money racing these things. Um, that's what I've always tried to get my buddies that are that are not, you know, NASCAR fans into it. Just just to show a little respect to it. I'm not saying you have to fucking listen to, you know, all these podcasts on NASCAR. I don't want you to even know what a wedge adjustment is, Okay. You don't have to be deep into it like I am or some of my friends are, but just uh, a health respect. I'm not saying watch it week in, week out, but, you know, the Bristol Night Race, the Southern 500. Um, hell, the Coke, the Coke 600, is it's too long for me sometimes. I'm tuning in and out of it. But, you know, just, just the big races and stuff like that and pay attention uh, to the playoffs because that's when it gets ratcheted up. That's all I'm asking, just trying to help grow the sport. So I got two things for you, and then we'll get out of here. One, I know COVID, it's a weird year, but what Daytona, 500. Usually in normal times, you just kind of have a chillax, watch it by yourself, kill some beers, order some pizza, or do you, do you kind of – ball out with it throw a little party in normal times where, where are you at with it? It, it it's kind of tough um normal year you know my family you know we grew up watching every single race every single sunday uh growing up Earnhardt fan my whole family was an Earnhardt fan and you know 2001 you know we're coming on the 20 year anniversary of his death at this race um we kind of kind of started to fall out of it there and then obviously the run that jimmy johnson went on he just became kind of like, all right, Jimmy Johnson won again. And then the car tomorrow with the the wing and the new front spoiler, it was just kind of like, <laughs> like all right, it's it's a little gimmicky, like save that stuff for F1. Um, but usually it's, you know, me and my brother, um, my wife, she'll sit there and tolerate it. She'll ask who this well, is. That's a good woman there. Yeah. You know, I, I've got her, you know, she knows who Kyle is. She knows who Bubba is because my company sponsors him now. Um, so it's, we just get pizza, you know, get some Bush light, get some Miller light who, by the way, no Miller light in NASCAR this year is something that's gone under Uh the radar. Keystone light. I mean, come on, come on. 
Um, but yeah, pizza, beers, just a bag of chips, you know, sit there, watch it, you know, might take a break in the middle of it, you know, when it starts getting that, just droning on, like, all right, everyone in the back of the pack, just hanging on. So that's, that's usually my way with it. I'm, it's, it, it's kind of like the masters for me in the spring. It's, you know, football season's over, jump right into this. And it's, it's something that carries me right into the next thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll watch I'll watch the playoff races and kind of have red zone late in the or early in the fall late in the NASCAR season on but yeah that's that's why I love racing so much it, it kind of doesn't give me a break um, from the sports calendar's perspective uh, just carries me through and you know I I think I'm going on like not quite a decade of a being a Formula One fan, I've always liked IndyCar. I've always liked NASCAR, the American stuff. But just motorsports in general, I've always been a dirt fan. Uh, 500 wise, yeah, always just low key. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll watch every lap, every second of the Daytona 500 for sure. Um, and then I guess the last thing is, so let's let's talk about it. I don't know if you saw it or not. This might be the first you're hearing of it, but. McDonald's is bringing back Orange High C. Your thoughts? Uh, I've been an advocate for it for years. Um, the last time, yes. I, last time I had it was on a trip to Wheeling, West Virginia, um, and it was like one of the last ones that had the actual High C. Uh, so I am pumped about it. They finally answered my tweets um, and brought it back in this form. So good on you, McDonald's. Uh, bring back the super size. I want the supersize back, but I, if I had a button to control, which I'm pro bringing the orange high seat back, don't get me wrong, but if I had control of the menu at McDonald's, I want the fucking steak, egg, and cheese bagel for mm. breakfast brought back. That was a good one. Is it terrible for you? Absolutely. But every once in a while, maybe you're nursing a hangover, maybe you're just really hungry, and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to drive to my local McDonald's. And just get that greasy, saucy goodness. Bring it back, McDonald's. Quit fucking around. I don't want to start tweeting at you, but if you force my hand, I'm going to start having them too. Because if they start bringing back all the shit that we grew up with, like the orange high C, other menu items, go ahead and name them if you want. In your head, I don't care. And you don't bring the bagel back, there's going to be an issue. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, that, that is uh, well, 70 minutes or uh, 60 <laughs> minutes of NASCAR talk and two minutes of uh, McDonald's talk. But, hey, McDonald's, uh, always a pillar in the NASCAR world sponsorship-wise. So uh, back in the Bill Elliott, 94 days for sure and uh, clear up until now. So I'm excited for the 500, man. I'm sure we'll be um, tweeting, texting each other about it. On Sunday, uh, well, hell, probably Friday night, the truck race, yeah. and Saturday with Arca and Xfinity, I'm sure. I know I'm going to be. I'm sure you'll be tuned in uh, all weekend, the duels tomorrow night. So uh, we'll know more. Um, but thanks for coming on, man. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter, podcast, PCAST, and Facebook. Um, and, yeah, I maybe we'll come back next week, do a little draft with Bryce, try to get him in the NASCAR. Or that will be in the next episode, probably. I don't know if it'll be next week. We'll see. But, uh, you know, it's snowing. So what else do you got to do? Uh, any famous last words, my man? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm excited for that draft. 
And uh, just one last little thing you mentioned it earlier, F1. I, I've gotten so much more into F1 the last I'll, couple of years you have. And I'll work. Just, just having those, the, the 9 a.m. U.S. time, wake up Sunday morning, you best. make a cup of coffee, you watch an hour and a half race, get you primed, get about noon, one o'clock, NASCAR starts to come on. It, it, it's just perfect. And F1, just, just the characters, and obviously I think we kind of have the same the same favorite racers with that. Um and the same kind of, I, I don't know who, who your manufacturer with that is, um, but it, it's so interesting. And just the amount of people worldwide who are into F1 just makes it so much more fun to, to follow along with and the storylines behind it. And if you haven't watched Drive to Survive on Netflix, it, absolutely, it, the new season comes out in March, I believe, right before uh, round one in Bahrain. Uh, I am beyond pumped for that to come around so uh, hopefully we can get to do an f1 podcast this year and get you guys some more information on that you just you just booked it so yeah we'll do that maybe we'll bring a kind of a co um a co-friend of ours or mutual friend i should say of ours um i know big man wallace alex he's a he's a big f1 guy as well um Actually, he's kind of the one that kind of got me into it. I I watched the Senate documentary years ago. Yeah. And then some of the, uh, you know, Asian, far Eastern European races that would come on at like 2, 3 a.m. our time. You kind of stumble home from the bar in college and hell, you had live racing. Yeah. On. So that's kind of how I got in that one. And you're right. Like, I don't know if it's just that, that British european flavor that, that the sport has but they're just so it's so much different uh just like the the sheer honesty of the drivers um you know i think nascar it still has a little bit of that outlaw stuff but it's kind of you know board meeting you know arm or i should say armchair quarterback but basically like that coach speak armchair or quarterback speak you hear that's kind of the you know the platitudes and stuff like that. F one, it's it's honest. Um, you know the product, just like NASCAR. Sometimes you get great races, sometimes you get duds. But yeah, we'll do that then. We'll we'll do that later this month, uh, or maybe the beginning of March or something like that. So be on the lookout for that, definitely. So all right, man. Got anything else? Well, that's it. I'm gonna go watch some more of this qualifying right now. You got William Byron sitting one, Bubba Wallace sitting two. So I'm kind of curious to see if anyone can knock those two off. The Hendrick Chevy looks strong so far, well over a couple miles ahead of where Bubba is from one to two there already. Yep. So the big guns are happening. Perfect time to end it, man.